0: go, we'll tell you where to walk, we'll tell you what to say, what not to say, when to be here, when not to be here, who to avoid, uh, i.e. maybe somebody that you wouldn't want as a customer and somebody that's open and will talk to you uh, more openly about your particular product. So that's how I moved into uh, the business and Churchill Downs and Thoroughbred Horses in general. So let me just jump ahead a little bit. Uh, Things were going along. And the next year, I got involved with a product called Lubricin, which, as you know, is an oral hyaluronic acid um, and began to help them roll that product out at the very beginning as they were launching that particular product. And I had probably... Uh, We were doing it much like we do MagnaWave today. I had a bunch of people who were uh, essentially uh, working with me. Uh, I was acting as the sales manager, if you will, and these people were under me and developing their businesses, and it was a challenge. Uh, It was a challenge because they all weren't at Churchill Downs or the Kentucky Horse Park. They were all over the country in in what they were doing. So at that point, uh, I came across a gentleman uh, named Max Steingart and Max lives in Fort Lauderdale. But at any rate, at that time, he was conducting conducting telephone seminars on how to meet people and reach out to people on the internet. Uh, So he'd have a call-in program, you'd call in, he'd give you tips, he'd tell you what to do, and then you'd go apply those particular uh, type of tips. I see we got the new MagnaWave uh, logo on the corner. Thank you, Chris, uh, for putting that in there. Great job. And um, so uh, that's what I was doing. So I hooked up with this guy. And so I started following what he was telling me to do. And back then, all we had was AOL and Yahoo primarily and and you'd go into Yahoo groups, and you'd search out particular groups that you were looking for, and you'd join the groups, and you'd start offering conversation. Now, <laughs> so you, you, we would do that, and of course, back then, there were a lot of chat rooms that were maybe not the best places to be. They were adult entertainment chat rooms if you will and a lot of things going on there so people thought well if you're on Yahoo and you're in the chat rooms you're where you shouldn't be perhaps that was just the that was just the the theory that was abounding at that point in time but max took a different approach he would go into health chat rooms go into well health and wellness exercise all these types of places and strike up conversations, helping people meet up with doctors, helping people, uh, whatever the situation may be. He did a lot of work in the multi-level world. And I wasn't looking for multi-level at that point, but I was looking for the tactics that he used to be able to meet people and better expand my PEMF business and the Lubreson business and everything that we were doing in order to better meet up with these people as we traveled around the country. From 2002 to basically 2010, well, really I didn't get into it to about 2003, I was on the road full-time uh, in an RV. I was, I say full-time, I was about six months out of the year in the RV and then my wife would join me at various periods of time. And of course we did, we did summers in Kentucky because of Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Horse Park and that type of thing. But 2004 and five, my wife joined me full-time and we were on the road full-time in our RV until 2010, traveling the country. And at the beginning, she didn't understand what I was doing, trying to use these chat rooms in these various places to meet health practitioners, horse trainers, so on and so forth. And they were all using those who were a little more progressive in their internet uh, 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 mannerisms, they were using these chat rooms. To train, Trainers would use them, for example, to communicate back and forth with other trainers. Trainers would use it to communicate back and forth with horse owners, people who would maybe come to them to become trainers. And so that's how all of that was shaking out. And I was using Max Tactics. He would give me scripts. He would give you ideas what to say and get these people to respond to you. That's That was the whole basis. And so then come ahead a little bit, bingo, here comes Facebook. And so I started taking Max's same tactics and applying them to Facebook. And we, after a couple of years in 2008, 2009, we learned that about 90% of our communication and our interaction with our customers was coming through Facebook. At first uh, there was MySpace, we were doing some work in MySpace and talking to people, but we were always working to have a method to communicate to our potential clients in this manner. Now, we didn't sell here, but I communicated here. So I could go to a racetrack and already had a communication with a trainer or a veterinarian or a chiropractor in that particular town. And what I would try to do is to maximize, if I was going to Phoenix, Arizona, I would maximize who I could potentially, no pun intended for Max, but uh, who I could meet with in those areas, maybe a horse trainer, maybe a chiropractor, maybe a veterinarian, and so I worked all of those things in that in that area. 2009, 2010, we found that m- most everything was coming through Facebook. We were a little tired of being on the road full time, uh, and the economy wasn't very good at that point. Somebody came along that, that really liked our RV and wanted to buy it, and we got out of it smoothly, uh, didn't lose any money on it, so we jumped at that particular opportunity and went home. But we continued to use. Facebook and various aspects of Facebook. So where I'm going with this is over the years, as you know, and I'm going to give you one little tip here. Over the years, Facebook has changed dramatically. There was a time that I could go into Facebook and I could search Evansville, Indiana, veterinarians, da 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 da, and I'd get those people. Then I could create a list that was similar to those people in, in around that area and find out who else in that area really uh, would be applicable for my products. So at that point, it was pretty easy to utilize the Facebook algorithm, and I'd post something, and most everybody would see it. And but they'd use that algorithm, and I could really hone in my searches, and that was something that that uh, that they always did uh, on Facebook at that particular at that particular time. Now. But what, as we all know, what began to happen is that Facebook started changing what they're doing. They wanted people to buy ads. They took away the search aspect where you could really hone in your search and build lists lists accordingly. And so over the years, people have come to us and and want to... want to learn more, want to be able to market more effectively, and and Chris is with me today, and we've worked very hard in MagnaWave to create posts and to advertise on Facebook to help drive people to our practitioners. One big problem continues to exist, and that is you can get your ad in front of people, but then you need to get them to click your ad, or you need to get them to come to you and interact. You're on the waiting side of that particular game. Facebook has kind of taken away that real opportunity to use its uh, capability to do that. So I'm, I'm going to finish this story here and we're going to get into our other questions. But if you have any questions about this, please uh, put them in the uh, in the comment section and I'd be happy. Oh, there's a bunch of comments in there. I uh, need to take a look at that uh, new st- new platform. So I've got to figure out who's where and what's going on in those particular areas. But again, share this broadcast with your friends, if you will. But so Facebook's kind of changed all that. And it's become a challenge to, to, to do that. So, uh, what, but it, it so here's my hint. Here's my little tidbit for this at, at this point in time. We realize today that when you post something on Facebook, only about 6% of your friends see those posts. Uh, the rest of your friends don't. And the only way it gets to more people is to Uh, have people comment on your particular post, like your particular post. Well, as we all know, you'll put something up and you get maybe get four or five people or 10 people to like your post, one or two people to make a comment. And so it stays in that little area of 6% or so of the engagement with your friends. Well, if you're starting a new business and you have 400 friends on Facebook, the average person has about 186 friends. But if you have 186 or 200 friends and only 6% are seeing your post, and a lot of these people are horse people, you got a problem. And, and there's a lot of different ways to solve that. But one thing I've learned, so I'm going to come back, I've re engaged with Max, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But so, uh, but what? one thing that happens today if, if Five to ten people, and now that number is changing. It, it, you know, Facebook plays with that algorithm to their uh, to their advantage, um, and and it it plays like that. But if if five to ten people type a response of at least five words, not more than ten, but it's a gen, an, an original post. Hey, I like your post a lot. Thanks for thinking about health and wellness. Boom. If five to ten people do that your post can explode up to 80% of your particular friend base. So the question is, how do we get our friends to comment. Well, there are some ways to do that and ways to get people that see more of your, just imagine if you're a magnawave practitioner and you agreed to, if you see a post on somebody's thing, or if we had a place where someone would post, Hey, I need, I just did a post. I need a boost. And if just five or six people were available and saw that when and posted a five word, five to six word originated post about that, or comment about that post, that person's post would expand to 80%, potentially 80% of their audience. How we can work together to enhance our business is where I'm going with this. And so that's just a little tip that I've learned just in the last few days on how, and some of those algorithms are changing, but just imagine that if we could work together to help each other expand our particular businesses. So that takes me where I'm at today. So, as, as some of you know, uh, we launched, I launched a, a, uh, another business and it's dealing with, with hemp and, and CBD. And so I launched this business and uh, we're running it separate from MagnaWave, uh, but it, you know, there's, you can participate, but at any rate, it's separate from MagnaWave and it is dealing with CBD and hemp. So I'm thinking, okay, I need to expand this business and grow my footprint for people that want to participate, people that want to buy these products, so on and so forth. How am I going to do that effectively when Facebook isn't as friendly today as it was uh, a couple of years ago in the streaming aspects of things are not streaming, but being able to to build your business. So what did I do? I went back to Max. And so I contacted Max, and we uh, started talking to him. At the same time, one of my business coaches from San Diego, Ed Rush, who I've worked with over the years, started talking about the same thing. He started talking about LinkedIn. So I went to Max and I said, "Max, here's my problem. I got to CBD company, JuteHealth.com. I want to." get people out there to see it. I want to get people to participate with me and uh, realize the beautiful effects of CBD on anxiety and pain and all that kind of stuff. Enough said there. But so Max said LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the place to be. And I said, why? He said, because on LinkedIn, you can do a lot of the targeted searching that you used to be able to do on Facebook. Now, remember, uh, Facebook's got, I forget what it is, 60, I don't know, I don't even know the number. I'm going to say 6 billion, 6 billion users at this point in time, and and uh, LinkedIn maybe have 600 million users, a huge difference. But people who are serious about their career or what they're doing are on LinkedIn, and they will communicate and you can search them out i did a search the other day i was talking about evansville indiana and i went in and i did an equine search for horses and trainers in uh evansville indiana and i came up with 20. there's more trainers and people in evansville than that but if i could now start to pinpoint those 20 people in evansville with reliable good content i can begin a conversation with them that you really it's very difficult to do on facebook today But I can also, here's another tip, take those names, those 20 people, go to Facebook, put them in, find their profiles, like their profiles, follow them on Facebook, bingo. You've married the two together between LinkedIn and Facebook. And all of a sudden you're communicating with people. And so by word of mouth, that 20 may become 100. In Evansville, Indiana. So I've been using this, having Mac coach me, Max coach me, and how to further develop my hemp business. And it clicked to me that the tips that he's giving me and the things that he's doing will also play for MagnaWave and the practitioners that are with us on the MagnaWave side, and and what's what's going on there. So uh, it's it's been eye opening to me to see that. So uh, just to kind of end this story, I've gone very deep with Max on these tips on ways to increase your value of your posts on linkedin as well as facebook and we're going to start i'm going to have some some sessions to where you can come in and we'll go over this and these tips will be available to you we're preparing scripts uh length not lengthy scripts but various scripts that you will use in texts in emails in in various uh, manners of communication to reach out to these people whether they're for uh, MagnaWave practitioners, or whatever other business you might be in, are the JuteHealth.com uh, hemp people who want to learn more about hemp, purchase hemp, uh, the oils to help their life, health, and and well being. So that's where this thing is going. I went back to Max for CBD. Helped me grow this CBD business, and then, but as I learned, I got there their, the opportunity to use the same tactics. Uh, for those of you who are starting a therapy business or need to expand your therapy business or reach out to a town that's 25 miles away. And just one little thing here, and then I'll go on to other stuff. When you look at people on LinkedIn, there's less of them. But just take, for example, someone who's, and I'm talking horses today because we're on the MagnaWave Wave office hours. I'll throw up some stuff on the Jute Health at this point and go over that quickly because I've talked about it. But uh, uh, people that are on, on um uh, 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 LinkedIn, I'm going to say, are more serious individuals. They may be professional people who are salespeople or business owners or whatever it is, whether they're using LinkedIn to grow their business or LinkedIn to find employees, whatever it is, they're professional. On Saturdays and Sundays or every day, they're at their barn taking care of their horses. These are people that are professional, that have funds, that want to grow their particular business and involvement, and they're perfect for you to reach out to. So you can connect with those people again on LinkedIn, move them into the Facebook world and begin to uh, prosper in, in what you're doing. I started using a couple of tactics of this last weekend. Uh, and there's Some of them that are kind of funny and, and they're kind of strange and not strange, but this kind of backdooring how you use them to get the people to say hello. And then all of a sudden they respond to you. And I'll share all that when we get deeper into this. But it's working. Uh, my engagement on LinkedIn has increased almost 200%. I got people that I'm talking to that are all of a sudden talking and and it's the 80-20 rule, 20% of them say, oh, well, tell me about this hemp business that you're doing. Or some of them say, tell me about Magnaway. And so it's just opening both doors uh, to do that. So uh, that's what I wanna do. That's what I'm going to do to to help you uh, share some of these ideas and tips to be uh, more uh, successful and beneficial in your business uh, in the Magnoid business or so what if you have other supplements or if you'd like to come take a look at jutehealth.com that that would be great as well and just to go there uh, uh, quickly quickly Uh, jute health is a uh, cbd company it has a wholesale program so if you're a practitioner and you want to have these products in your truck to sell uh, hemp based products for small animals and for for people you can certainly do that we're developing some equine products that we're going to have as part of it and uh, so basically if you go to jutehealth.com and uh, you get twenty percent off on your first purchase if you choose to do that. Use the uh, coupon code Jute forty nine. It's Jute forty nine. To uh, if you want, if you have interest in uh, in doing that. So that's why I got in with with Max, and it's working there. And I want to share that with you. Let me come over here to the comment section. Uh, we got a bunch of comments. Uh, John Stevens wants to know about CE. Uh, Aaron, good morning. I tell you, John, uh, where we are at this point on the CE, it really hasn't changed. The companies in the United States that are doing the factory inspections uh, of the various factories uh, have not passed muster with the European uh Uh, or the, not the European, but the CE regulatory boards around the world. And so we're working, we've done everything we can do. We've passed every inspection as far as the equipment is concerned, the the MagnaWave devices that are digital, as far as the safety is concerned, all of that is completed. We've passed all of those uh, inspections and tests and so forth, but the companies that did those have to go back now and read. Re-certify themselves uh, with the European or with the CE uh, folks and that is becoming very slow anyone and this is only for new products and with our factory in California building our digital devices those were new products coming into the CE world and they're stuck in that logjam if we had already had a CE product uh, that was approved not affected they you just go right on. So people that are manufacturing CE registered products in the United States and, and uh, sending them abroad are not having any problem as long as the products were originally uh, approved before they made this change. And they made the change uh, in November of 18 to require more stringent uh, factory inspections, more documentation, much like the US FDA for CE. And, and so that's been an ongoing process with them. So John, I hope that helps. Uh, Jamie, good morning. Uh, let's see, um, any other questions? Good morning, Terry. Uh, Tim's with us tomorrow. morning. Uh, thanks for being with us. Let's see uh, new comments. Let's see what we have here. Any questions? Um, let me go back here. I kind of lost where I was. Hazel's with us. Uh, Michael's with us. Let me check live cast and see. Hazel's with us on CastBox. Good. Um, Bridget Lee Nelson. Great. Good. Let me come back over here. I'm sorry. I got sideline. Um, wondering, T- Candy asked the question, and Chris, you might look and see if I have missed any questions above this one. Good morning. Wondering if anyone has worked on Pandas patients and what was the outcome? I've treated twice in two days in a row and saw an incredible change in her anxiety and tics. And um, pandas must be an indication that's, that's not hitting me at this at this point. You know, but I will answer from the standpoint of treating the body to improve blood flow, to improve blood oxygenation in the body. What are we doing? We're setting the body to be a setting the body up to be better prepared to take care of itself to heal itself so any of those types of situations are certainly worth a try and and as Tandy points out she's a couple of days in a row and she saw an incredible change in anxiety and ticks We see that when we treat depression, we see that when we treat people with PTSD and and doing those kind of things, the the modality is very relaxing and the modality helps. That goes back to one other quick thing I was talking about uh, jutehealth.com. We got into that, but I got into both of these businesses because of my wife. First time with MagnaWave was because of herniated discs. We found this machine, gave her back pain relief. She had mobility, she reduced her pain. She suffers from some PTSD uh, symptoms as a result of we lost a child and a lot of other things happened uh, in her family death wise and she just started took on the 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 symptoms of PTSD and we found a guy at a at a MagnaWave meeting that we were out in Denver and who was from Vietnam served in Vietnam and he used CBD to calm his PTSD and his Agent Orange uh, conditions. Debbie took some, Dee Dee took some, and Bingo within hours her feeling improved. And that's basically how we moved forward and got into the CBD world with jutehealth.com. Okay. So again, Use this and use it well, and you, you'll you be happy. So let me go on down here and see what else we got. Hello from Germany. Well, good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Charlie You're One of my friends for years and years and years. We worked in the same band together back in Evansville, the villains. We had many, many good times that we don't talk about. Um, <laughs> good morning, Charlie. Uh, Cammy's here this morning. Um, Uh, Instagram, uh, heaven, uh, inspired Instagram has helped in my area. Instagram is someplace we're going to go. MagnaWave uses Instagram uh, a lot and, um, Max has that I'm working with has tactics for Instagram that we can move into there with the CBD business, but certainly uh, to use Instagram and, and Chris and Elaine do uh, webinars dealing with marketing and Instagram and how that stuff goes. So they'll cover that certainly in the, in the uh, webinars uh, that MagnaWave uh, has. Let's see. Um, Good morning, Glenda. Good morning, LTC girls. How are you? Uh, Let's see here. Anyone in the St. Augustine, Florida area, want to buddy up for a boost? Send me a PM now. So here's the thing: you don't have to be in your area to improve your boat, your posts. So if you're in the St. Augustine, Florida area, that doesn't mean that I'm. If if you if we have a place to post this, Chris, you can think about this and help us figure this out. But if you have a place to post that you need a boost, any of us who happen to be on at that minute. Can go to your profile, boost or comment on your post, and expand your posts' reach incredibly. As I've said, up to eighty percent. So, uh, Haven um, or Heaven, great, um, great uh, sharing and great idea uh, in any area. There we go. Let's see uh, what, what do we have here. All states. Thanks so much. I love the marketing help. Don, Rhynecast, All States in the U.S. Uh, Don Reinecke says for hemp, yes, for sure. Uh, Good morning, Pat, spoke to a man yesterday that asked the effects of PEMF on platelet growth. Blood platelet growth, well, you know, the, the body produces its platelets, produces what's necessary. If the body and the blood flow and the blood oxygenation is in place, so they can so the cellular happenings of the body can better uh, do what they're supposed to do and want to do, then yes, uh, it will help with that type of thing, just by allowing the body to uh, be a little healthier and a little more uh, propelled to help itself uh, go on. Let's see, good morning, Tina from Ohio. Uh, John, you're welcome. Um, I know, John, the, the, this, this thing, not only is it holding back what you want to do with our equipment in, in Europe, but it's holding back what, what we want to do as well. So we are certainly anticipating this as, as much as you are to get the CE thing uh, completed. For the longest time, we were reaching out to them and they weren't responding. Now they're responding. They're telling us where they are in getting all of this approved basically what happened is these companies went in and inspected for example they came in and inspected our factory and said everything was fine they filled out their forms but the forms they submitted were not what the regulatory boards wanted so they had to go back and create a new form create new evaluations of that send that to them for approval send it back get it back, reapply uh, the information that they cha- that they garnered from the inspection of the various factories, put that into the farms and resubmitted. And that's kind of where they are. So, so not only did they have to redo their whole apparatus to get it done, but they have to get their inspection reports certified, if you will. And then there's a huge line. And where you fall on that line is maybe how many CEs you have, how much you've done in the past. And with us, we've had one CE a few years ago, which we uh, changed that piece of equipment, went to the digital pieces of equipment. So we're not only new to the game, but we're at the bottom of the list in terms of them going through and getting all of that uh, taking care of. Okay. Uh, let's see uh, what else we have here. Got far, got a lot of folks uh, watching this morning. We certainly appreciate that. Let me jump over here and make sure what's going on on the uh, live cast. Everything seems fine. Uh, back to StreamYard. Uh, Chink, uh, Chuck King, listen to this when you get a chance. Okay, Tandy, thanks for uh, telling him. Um, I'm treating horses... I'm treating two horses for navicular. One is a horse simply used for riding on weekends on trails. Another is show uh, horse um, has wedge shoes. Vet and farriers involved for treatments. uh, One week helped, but she showed him when I feel he should have been given him more time off, and he must miss. And he had a misstep, and was disqualified. She is wondering what to do next. What can we expect from her? What can we expect from here? Well, when you're dealing with navicular, uh, there's two things to think about. Number one, is it a bone degradation or is it a situation to where uh, we have inflammation of the bursa around the bone? The bone is still all right, but you have inflammation of the bursa. In either case, there there is obviously pain, Obviously inflammation. obviously things that can change change the horse as they step and use the particular uh, part of the body to make them uncomfortable, causing a misstep or whatever happens. So continual treatment in those cases uh, until it's resolved is the thing to do. If it's bone degradation, And uh, you're not going to reform that bone at that point. It's chipped, it's degrading, it's causing a problem. So continuing treatments at that point is really about the only thing you can do. If it's inflammation in the bursa or inflammation around the area caused by whatever, uh, and you can control that, maybe you won't have to treat all the time, just when it begins to surface and to come back. So what you can expect, is is you need to first understand how severe is the issue uh, with the bursa. The vets can tell you that if there is degradation or if it's pretty much just bursa inflammation or whatever it may be, and you can kind of approach accordingly. But I would certainly treat as often as possible because as with anything else, if inflammation is involved, the more you treat, the more you control the inflammation and the slower the inflammation is to return. So you want to approach it from that situation. So it's very difficult to say, well, three or four treatments and you're done. Uh, that's not the case when you're dealing with those types of situations. Now, if the inflammation is in the bursa because of a problem and you can get rid of it, that me- it may not come back. But if it's an anatomical problem or a training problem that caused by training that the horse experiences all the time, then you're gonna have to deal with it uh, more regularly as you approach those types situations. Uh, will MagnaWave help with horse with EPM? And uh, this is in the training and we've covered this before, but EPM is a situation where you have parasites in the body and they're in the nervous area of the spine and and they cause a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort, a lot of problems with mobility and, and so on and so forth. What we've learned from the very beginning, if you have a horse with EPM, there's two schools of thought. At the beginning, the veterinary school of thought was wait till we finish our medication, then come in and treat the horse. Over the years, that's kind of changed. Many veterinarians are saying, as I'm administering the marquee or whatever I'm doing with the horse, you can treat at the same time to better enhance the effects of the medication and help get this process underway of getting rid of these parasites if they're, if they're in fact degrading and, and can be moved out of the system and out of the body. And so there's two schools of thought. So if you've got a veterinarian involved, you wanna make sure that you understand how that is going and talk with them about what they think the best procedure would be in that area. However, with that said, we learned uh, from the get-go that if you have a horse with EPM, one treatment probably isn't gonna do it. One treatment in many cases can make the horse appear uh, more uncomfortable the next day or after the treatment why because you have these parasites that are in or attacking the nerve or, or causing a in- problem on the nerve and you go in and you massage that and you move it for whatever reason or if it's decaying and you're trying to get it out of the system but you move it all of a sudden we got a problem in two spots on that nerve so what we've learned is you have to do it continually there are racehorses that have had epm that come back to be very successful racehorses but they're treated every week maybe once or twice a week and then they're treated three or four days prior to a race to get them in best optimum shape but they're continu- they train- their training their treatments are ongoing when dealing with that particular uh, type of situation. So yes, talk to your veterinarian, but we have had uh, good results with people that have used our type of therapy for EPM type of cases. Um, Will they, will we have a seminar about promoting our business using LinkedIn at MagnaCon 2020? Well, That's a good question and Chris is with us today and we can certainly talk about that. We've done a lot of marketing stuff at MagnaCon, but I feel certainly what I've learned, what I've experienced just in the last few days, the searching capabilities on what LinkedIn can do and provide for you as far as people that you want to reach out to and how to reach out to them. I would think that that would be something that we might want to have at MagnaCon and we'll certainly put it on the the table Uh, for discussion. Uh, Max has volunteered to come on a program, a webinar with us. Uh, He may also agree to, if we want him to come, to come to MagnaCon and put up a presentation. The people in the know are saying that LinkedIn is going to become one of the social media forces because they are working to help you. They're working. People help find jobs. So people got to be able to search. People got to be able to do these things. And so that's where we're seeing the real strength and what LinkedIn can bring. And again, you use LinkedIn to search. And then you take the individuals that fit your criteria and move over to Facebook if they're in your neighborhood or whatever it is, and connect in both places and develop uh, relationships and conversations that can create word of mouth, that can create discussion. But again, there's it's a lot deeper. You got to have the scripts, you got to have the content, you got to follow it every day. So there's a lot of work involved, but it's something that if you're building your business, can be very beneficial. So uh, let's see. If that's that's about the last question that I'm seeing here. Let me see. Is there anything else that you're seeing, Chris, that I maybe need to look at? Um, If you have any questions and you'd like to uh, visit with me, give me a call or send me a text. Let me bring that number up here. Where is that? Um, Here we go. Let me put this up. If you wanna talk with me, uh, have a conversation about what we're talking about it, uh, send a text, text your name to 502-599-9722, and I will phone you back and we can have a conversation that all these folks can hear and uh, listen to with us and, and participate. Also, if you call, you'll be entered into a drawing for a gear bag of MagnaWave uh, materials. And I guess that Chris, that will be a gear bag with new stuff, with with new logos, uh, all that type of situation. Is that correct with us? Uh, Chris says, yes, uh, that's what we're doing. So send me a text 502 I'll phone you back and we can have a discussion. Anything you want to talk about, that's fine. If you want to talk about what I was talking about with marketing, Cool. If you wanna talk about uh, any other questions that you have about MagnaWave, whether it's for a person, small animal or a horse, uh, give me a shout and we will certainly uh, get right back to you. 502-599-9722 and uh, we will do that. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, if you have a question, please send it to me. Let me make sure that there's nothing else in the chat box. There is something new here. Let's come back uh see. Marlene asked a question. Uh, what is the best way for sanitation when treating humans and animals beside Lysol wipes to keep the app- attachments the cleanest, especially the paddle, since it is a claw? Uh, some are using vet wrap. There is a sanitary medical plastic being used out there. Okay, two things. The, the uh, Lysol wipes are very appropriate. Uh, you could use uh, bleach and water if you chose to do that to simply wipe them down. We are uh, in the process of manufacturing some covers uh, for the coils that you could put over the whole hose and then on the various uh, coil itself uh, that you can then use and you can, they're Velcro so you can remove them and wash them. Uh, so that's one way of certainly doing it uh, that's appropriate. The covers on the paddles are, are uh, antimicrobial. So, you know, you can wipe them off. You, you can use uh, soap and water uh, on those covers, if you'd like. I don't know that I'd use bleach because it would probably discolor it, but uh, you can get those wet, if you will, and and scrub them and let them dry, and they're fine. There's nothing that's gonna happen if you were to do that to the coil. So we are preparing some uh, wraps that can go on the coils themselves, but to get right to it, uh, to use a, a Lysol uh, wrap, a Lysol uh, Sheet uh, or use uh, bleach and water and a and a rag and just clean them up uh, is something that you can do that will work very well. the The coils themselves are made out of a uh, antimicrobial material. They're surgical grade. They can be used in surgery rooms, so they're they're prepared to be cleaned. They they antimicrobial in their manufacturer. So just to make sure that that you do it. the The biggest challenge I've seen is not necessarily cleaning them, but some people deal with animals that that the odor is different than than what they're used to and so they they have a their coils take on an odor if you have that and you're going to treat people and you don't want to have it all you can do is have a second set of coils or something like that not trying to sell you a second set of coils but that is something that you uh can do uh at that point to help that particular uh situation along so um that that's where you are in that particular set. Can we discuss, let's see here. um, When are you gonna go to Wellington? I'm in uh, uh, Jupiter, Florida now. In fact, I'm going to Wellington uh, sometime this week to meet with a couple of folks. Uh, If you'd like to meet up in Wellington, if you're gonna be there, I'd be happy to meet uh, with you, anybody that's in this area, uh, Wellington, I'm going to be here for a while. I'd be happy to uh, hook up. Yes, we are at Wellington. We're working Wellington in the dressage horses. I'm also doing some work with, uh, uh, the New York Mets and some other baseball teams that are starting spring training here in the area to, to move further into that area, uh, of therapy for the professional athletes. So that's where my time is going to be going, um, there, um, and so forth. Okay, here's the question: Can we discuss a bit about what it, what is, and is not okay regarding metal implants, devices, keys, etc., pots, uh, pockets, sitting on a metal chair for treatments? Getting some conflicting opinions. Okay. So I'll address uh, each one of those. If you'd like to talk about it, send me your text to 502-599-9972. Oh, we do have one here that I need to call. So I'll do that in just a moment. But let me first, we've got two of them. Let me first uh, take care of this question. Metal implants, uh, rods and pins and plates and things, screws and staples. uh, Number one, the device will not loosen them up. Uh, number two, typically there is, and I say typically, 99.9% of the time there is no problem treating those types of things with regard to heat. There is certainly no magnetism. It's not going to pull anything, cause any discomfort. I always recommend that you at least treat for a couple of minutes at a moderate setting just to make sure that the person is comfortable Uh, with what's going on. You should do that regardless if they have metal or not. Make sure they're comfortable with what you're doing. They understand the sensation, so on and so forth. But metal implants have typically not become, not been a problem. Keys, if your keys have a, a, in the key itself, a cell of some sort, uh, particularly we've had issues with Chrysler keys, BMW keys. uh, I had a person with a Ford key. If, If you have Uh, chips in the key not a key fob but a chip in the key you have to be extremely careful not to put the coil over the the pocket where you have it or wherever it's always easier just to remove it I treated horses for a long time and never had a problem I always kept my keys in my pocket but imagine if you were treating a stifle on your horse and you're kind of put you know you're standing next to it with your pocket right there and you have the keys in your front pocket could have an issue So it's always best to remove the keys, put them someplace. You're not going to drive off without them. So you're going to come back and get your keys. But uh, keys uh, can be an issue. Um, Sitting on a metal chair for treatments. You can sit on a metal chair for a treatment. The only challenge is as you turn the machine up, what happens if you have an aluminum chair and there are rivets where the hinges are on the chair. So you got a little piece going through the chair and you got rivets on either end and it's loose. In other words, it, you, it, you can move it if you went down there and jostled it. Well, when you turn the machine up, the, the the energy from the machine gets in between or the air that's in between those rivets and you can get an arcing or a sparking. Is it going to shock you? No. Is it stunning? you can to hear it start going and you can see it sparking out the side of some chairs. So that's one of the reasons that we don't go around uh, metal chairs. Now I have metal chairs at, at my coach and I treat people here at the, the R RE resort every day. And I turn the machine all the way up because they're welded. There's no real loose fittings on the particular chairs that were around. So metal chairs, these recliners uh, that you see, the the ergonomic recliners, uh, some of them work okay because of the plastic. Others, the rivets can cause a problem and you can get an arcing. Is it dangerous? No. Is it startling? Yes. Is it best to stay away from it? Probably so. Uh, But uh, again, for years when I traveled, we had those ergonomic chairs and we used them all the time. I just didn't turn it up that high. If I was treating somebody's back, I knew where to stop, so I didn't get the arcing. And that's where I did it. Now, if I needed more than that, I maybe put them in a different chair or put them someplace else, sitting on a hay bale or something and treating their back and didn't have an issue. So they, you know, the, the danger is not there, the reality is there, certainly that you can get the arcing in, in those types of situations. Great question, okay, let me go here to my phone. Uh, and, and see who we got here. Let me uh, call this one. Uh, let me call Kate. Here we go. We'll ring it up. Hi, Pat. Good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: What can I do for you?
1: Um, so I am working on a 25 year old Percheron, um, who has just been recently diagnosed with ring bone. Um, so I have treated him now four times in the last, I believe about nine days. Uh Um, and he seems to be responding really well during the sessions, Uh, a lot of licking and chewing as we've been going on. Um but we're not seeing as much change as we would like in between the sessions. Um, that's the and challenge. You,
0: you may need to do more sessions in a row.
1: More often. So that's what I was wondering. We've been giving him two days in between the sessions right now. And I was curious if it would be better if we tried to shorten that interval.
0: No question. Uh, Obviously, what you get in a situation like that, that as soon as you stop, he's very relaxed, he feels good, maybe for an hour or two after the treatment, he's better. And then all of a sudden, the next day, he's not. And and that's what's it's unfortunate. But the, the, the routine may be that it could take several could take weeks of sessions to get to where it's resolved. And I hate to say that not from your business standpoint that, that, but, but the reality of it is it could take weeks of sessions to get it. I'll go back and you may not know this, but in my wife's situation with her herniated discs, we treated her for 30 days every day and stopped. And she got two weeks worth of relief. We treated her for Mm -hmm. another 30 days and stopped and she got four weeks worth of relief. We treated her for another thirty days and stopped thinking. Maybe we'll get six. Maybe it'll uh-huh. be down. She got four weeks worth of relief, and for the last fifteen years now, she gets three to four weeks worth of relief from one or two treatments. Okay. And, and so the more you treat, the longer it lasts. Ringbone is one of those things. Now, I do want to caution: if you're doing ringbone, one of the things that you want to do is let's say you're going to treat. Let's say you treat two weeks in a row. Lay uh-huh. off a few days at that point, then come back. Okay. Uh, But, but uh, because of of the rotation potentiality and that type of thing, you certainly want to work closely with your veterinarian and and talk to them and and get their situation. But unfortunately, in those types of situations, it's kind of like EPM, it could take multiple treatments. In some cases, it could be got to do it. Once you get to a point that Uh it's good, you may have to do it every week.
1: Okay, you and just, is it still is it still best to kind of? I've been varying, you know, what coil I'm using. Sometimes we use the paddle. He does a lot of pawing with that foot, uh-huh. so um, it's a little more challenging to get, you know, a consistent time on the actual hoof because he keeps pawing with it. Right. But I am still kind of changing up which coils I use each time. Sometimes I'm using the equine wings folded right. around. We've tried using the butterfly. Um, or does it really matter?
0: Well, certainly, the uh, as we pointed out many times, the body responds, the tissue best responds when it's approached at different intensities from different directions. So you're doing the right thing there. Uh, okay. and, and so there is a benefit to switching up what you're using. Uh, okay. But I would try to find, for example, uh, you could potentially put the butterfly on him, Velcro it, and he can paw. Okay. And you're still treating him. Right. You could take you could take the the large loop and put it around his leg. So what I call the hot dog where you go around the leg and fasten yeah, it. Yeah, so signal is going up and down the leg, but put it down close to the hoof. So you're going into the hoof on, on okay. the bottom part yeah. of that.
1: And yeah, we've he, tried
0: that as well. And he can paw during okay. that. He can do it at that point. So just sh- uh, you're doing great. Shake it up and, and do that. But the, the uh, continue at the continuation uh, of applications, probably what you're gonna to need to do. Okay,
1: great, thanks so much,
0: Pat. You're welcome, thank you. Uh, be sure to send an email to support at Magna8PMF to be entered for the drawing. Great,
1: I will, thanks okay. so much, have
0: a good one. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Great question, uh, certainly always appreciate when people uh, call us, let's go to this next one here. Terry uh, is calling, let me bring up Terry and we'll see, them. Ring a in. Good morning, Pat Zimmer. here. Good morning. Are you there? Yep, I am. Okay, how can I help you?
1: I am wondering about going to a vendor par- fair or somewhere where there is a large crowd and ensuring the safety of people who are just walking by or anything like that, that have a pacemaker. Or ha- what is my radius of safety, I guess, is well, my question.
0: <laughs> The the new pacemakers, and and of course, everybody around does not have a new pacemaker, certainly. But uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, the, The new pacemakers they're making, doctors tell us as long as we're a foot away. Okay. The literature that we use for years, we have talked about being from computers and that type of apparatus, 10 to 15 feet. Um, I can tell you that in my years traveling in the tube that we were in the coach full time, uh, we had a machine in the, in the machine, in the coach with us all the time and two computers within two or three feet of the machine, uh, never had a problem. Um, uh, my son has a defibrillator, um, and, uh, he's around machines every day. Uh, and has never had an issue with his defibrillator from battery power or machine setting it off. Uh, So obviously, these things that they tell you to do are for safety, and you're 100%. Uh, But I would think we had a situation years ago, we were in Ocala. And if those of you who follow Tommy McTurvey, the guy that trains the Clydesdales uh, for the TV commercials and all that. We were with Tommy McTurvy in Ocala and uh, we were in the booth and, and he was having some back and, hip, and uh, hip issues that time. And we were treating him and there was a young lady there that stood and sat next to him probably for 45 minutes while we were treating various areas of his body. And then all of a sudden she looked up, I mean, she was 18 years old. And uh, she looked up and said, what about uh, uh, pacemakers? And we said, oh, well, you know, we really shouldn't treat over or around a pacemaker, uh, but you you should keep some distance. And she said, oh, okay. She got up and walked away. She said, I have a pacemaker. She stood outside the booth uh, for the rest of the time. So she was seven or eight feet away. Uh, So you certainly need to take precaution. You really don't know who's walking down the Mile away, who has a pacemaker? It's nothing that you're, again, five, six feet away. So if you're in your booth and somebody walking down the way, you're not going to have any impact on them. Uh, for example, in, in our coach, we have some window screens to keep the sun out, and they've got very powerful magnets that are inside the coach around the wheel windshield that this screen attaches to on the outside. And they put in their in their literature if you have a pacemaker be careful around these magnets and but they're all over the coach place and i've got people that live next door to me who have a pacemaker and he's in and out of our coach and no issue uh but you the security is there i'm not telling you to do something i'm just saying that they tell us these distances for safety and precautions kind of like going through the the, the uh, radar or the scanning at the at the airport there are certain people that have the card and they go around and they do this type of stuff so i hope that answers your question distance is good but it's it's not a critical critical issue
1: okay so it's not like i need special signage or anything up saying as long as they're just not inside the booth where the machine is running.
0: If you're comfortable with putting a sign up if you have a pacemaker, please stay out of the booth. If that makes you feel comfortable, do it. Okay, uh, has it been an issue in my 15 years of doing magnetic therapy uh, around people with pacemakers and as I said, my son who has a defibrillator, it's it's never been an issue at an airport or or any place else. Um But it's certainly always good to, certainly you should ask someone if they're going to be treated if they want to do a sample treatment. Do you have a pacemaker? Yes. Sure. Don't treat it. It it, it goes back to treating a pregnant woman. In Europe, they use this therapy all the time with women that are pregnant. PMF therapy is a mainline therapy in Europe and other countries. Uh, Here, uh, we don't do that. And here we don't do that to women or horses, because if there is a complication for whatever reason you're treating, they're going to blame you. Right? So you you just stay away from those things and, and, and you do that. And, and you make them aware uh, of what's going on and what you're doing. There are plenty of people and Elaine. will talk about it. Who've gone through their pregnancy and they have swollen feet and swollen ankles and problems that they will treat themselves during that situation, we've had mares that that are in full, and all of a sudden uh, they have horrible back problems, or their hocks go, and they can't really stand up. And veterinarians have said, "Treat them, help them, help them stand up, and maintain their strength, so you don't lose both." Right? And, and so, it, common sense is the key. Checking with the docs and everything is the thing to do, and the key to approach that. Is
1: there European literature then on? Um- the studies or
0: safety with pregnancy? Well, there, there are studies, equal? you can go to PubMed and search uh, various uh, studies, uh, pregnancy and PEMF, uh, so on and so forth. I'm sure there's there's some stuff out there. Uh, okay. uh, what people have done, do I know of any specific thing that I would say? I don't, and I wouldn't, because if I if I talk about that and sure. somebody does that, uh, then all of a sudden I'm practicing medicine, and I don't want to practice medicine. So whatever is going on that's available on the internet that you can research, it's out there, and, and how you learn and apply that is up to you. Uh, you as a practitioner can talk about a lot more than I can as a distributor manufacturer type of situation. Great. Okay. I-
1: that's perfect. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Be sure to send an email to support at 8 PMF to be entered for the drawing. All
1: right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Okay. Let's see if there's any more, no more uh, people who want to talk. So we've got two people in the uh, drawing for this morning. Let's have a look here. How are we doing on time? Well, oh, we're about out of time. Um, okay. Here's what I want you to do. If um, go to LinkedIn, search for Patrick Zemer and connect with me. And that'll give me a way that we can talk about this marketing uh, stuff and and do some things. But I I want to explore with you how to better utilize LinkedIn and the various social media uh, platforms that are available to us to to help this out. So I'd love to connect with you if you're a practitioner or if you're someone interested in PMF, you wanna connect with me, hop on over to LinkedIn, uh, search Patrick Zemer. Uh, and uh, let's send a connection request and, and uh, let's visit uh, and be together with regard to some of this stuff that's uh, going on and that that we're talking about. So um, that's what you can do. Head over to LinkedIn. Uh, let's see. Let me get rid of that. How do I do this now? Uh, boop. Nope. That's not it. That's, there it is. Boop. Oh, it shows up in a different color. All right. Uh, Chris, is there anything that I need to do this morning or anything I need to uh, think about at this point? We're good. Uh thumbs up from Chris. Always appreciate that. He's on top of the game. Uh make sure that I'm doing the the right things. So thank you for joining me. I had a great time today. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we got this worked out. Uh Chris, I figured out what the problem was with Amiibo. the Mevo. It's too many Wi-Fi's trying to go on. It's draining and everything. But uh, folks, thank you for being here. Um in in uh waving around, and we certainly appreciate that. We'll be back next week, and we'll answer more questions and do more. If you want to know more about the the CBD product, jutehealth.com, jute49. Thank you very much. Have a great day.
1: Wave on. Bye-bye.